Hello everybody, welcome to this edition of the ianabernetti.com podcast. I've got a treat for you, I've got a treat for you in this one. Uh, this is my conversation with Jesse Enkamp at the Karate Nerd Experience in Sweden. Now I've had this conversation recorded for, for quite a while, just with one thing and another, I haven't had the chance to get it out to you until now, uh, but it's well worth waiting for, it's, it's a really fun conversation. So the background to this is, uh, Jesse had said to me, do you want to film a couple of videos together for YouTube? I said yes we found a space you've probably seen those videos on YouTube and we were walking away uh, from recording them and Jesse said you know do you want to do a podcast and I said I'd love to do a podcast I said I just don't have my microphone and everything with me and so Jesse suggests well we'll just use the phone so I went okay let's do that so we went into the foyer of the facility in which we were teaching uh, we sat down on one of the sofas I put my phone on the table and uh, we hit uh, hit record uh, so this is totally unscripted, we had no plan whatsoever, it's not Jesse interviewing me, it's not me interviewing Jesse, we just decided to chat. But we covered so many topics and, and really did enjoy uh, bouncing back and forth off one another, I think there's a lot of interesting things in this conversation. And it was really nice, to, we were chatting in person as well, and, and I think that often adds something. So this wasn't something done over the internet, we were sitting on the same sofa, having a chat and... Uh, I really enjoyed it, and I know you're going to too. So uh, thanks to, to Jesse for uh, for allowing this to happen. I, I really like Jesse and, and what he does. As I've said before, I think he does a great deal of good uh, for the wider uh, karate community because he's just into all of it. <laughs> you know, if you're into the, the history, you know, the weapons, the performance, it doesn't matter what element of karate you're into, uh, Jesse talks about it and makes videos on it. You know, so I think he does a great job bringing the karate community together and introducing uh, people to other areas that they may not initially feel they have uh, have interest in. So, yeah, it was great to talk to Jesse. I really, really did enjoy it. So, uh, so yeah, I'll now share with you uh, my conversation with Jesse Enkamp at the Karate Nerd Experience. So, as you've just heard, I'm here at KNX19 with uh, Jesse Enkamp. Nice to have you join us on the podcast, Jesse. My absolute pleasure. <coughs> Thanks for having me. So, uh, the last podcast you and I did was uh, the most popular podcast I've ever done. Really? <laughs> wow, that's so, awesome. Uh, yeah, that was uh, really pleased with that. So, after how long I've been doing them now, 12 years. Okay. Uh, I think it still remains the most downloaded one. So, nice. Yeah, yeah. So, people obviously enjoyed <laughs> our last conversation. So, it makes sense to have another one. This time yeah. in person, though. Exactly. So, the last time it was um, over the, the air. And this time, of course, we're sitting in this wonderful facility in Sweden. And I got to say, meeting you in real life is just like I imagined. Yeah, yeah. You're just like in your videos and everything. It's, it's, it's awesome. Well, that was the, 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 the strange thing because that, that, that podcast was the first time we'd talked. Yeah. Aside from on email, but the first time we talked directly, yeah. kind of. And this is the first time we met in person, but it doesn't feel like it. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, that's it. So I, 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 when I went back to the room, I thought, it's weird. It doesn't seem like, you know, it's just like. <laughs> now, it kind of feels like we've known each other for years, but we've only spoken one time before, yeah. and this is the first time we meet. But somehow, when you're kind of like-minded, you have you share this that same vibrancy or and or frequency, then somehow it's so easy to connect because we share the same passion. Uh, I, yeah, I think that definitely that's what it is, you yeah. know. And, and then obviously both very active in what we do and the way we promote things. Yeah. And we've chatted a lot, you know, yeah. in online and stuff. So, so yeah. But last time I enjoyed talking with you, but it seems my listeners definitely did as well, judging judging by. That's great to hear. So I, I thought just to kind of kick things off for the conversation, maybe have a little chat about uh, the event because one yeah. of the things I've um, really grateful to you for making me 
part of this. And the group that have been here are really enthusiastic, really yeah. open-minded individuals who have a, a, an interest in all areas of martial arts. Exactly. And if you look at the topics that have been covered by the various instructors over the weekend, yeah. we've, we've talked about well, Bunkai, obviously, but then we've done uh, body mechanics, development speed, improving yeah. kata. Yeah. Uh, we've got Bill Wallace, legendary yeah. Bill Wallace, he's busy teaching at the moment, you know, full contact fighting. All right. of us talked about karate as it relates to MMA. Yeah. You know. so, um, so we've got this, 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 uh, this big wide uh, package of things now that's yeah. obviously something you see as being important exactly you know? and i see that as this whole karate nerd approach so not just focusing too much on one particular aspect of the art because there's it's such a a, a wide and deep art in, in total and everything that falls under the umbrella of karate i believe is worth studying because sometimes you learn more from doing something different than just doing your own thing because there are many paths up the same mountain mm. and if you just do the same thing over and over again it's very easy to get blind to certain things but then for example you try another style of karate or you try sport karate instead of traditional karate mm. and you rediscover something that was there all along but you couldn't see it because mm. you were so stuck in your ways mm. so sometimes the best way to see your own mountain is to climb the mountain next to yours, <laughs> right? Because that provides perspective. And above all, what I want to do with this, it's only once a year, this event, but what I want to do each year is to provide that perspective through exposing the participants to this wide variety of different approaches to the exact same thing, because it's all karate, mm. just approached in different ways. Mm. So we'll have a, a sport karate world champion, for example, and then the next session will be a kata application expert such as yourself. And my goal is for the participants to be able to connect the dots, because we have more in common than we think. And it's way more interesting for me to see what we have in common rather than what sets us apart yeah, yeah. because that's how progress is made yeah, yeah. no i think that's that, that's definitely true and because you do get i think you get these these groups of people who believe that they set up camp right so they go like i'm i'm a traditional guy i'm a sport guy yeah. i'm a self-defense guy whatever that was in and they live in that camp and, and now i i i've made that mistake you know yeah. I, I was the guy who lived for maybe 10 years of my training in that, that self-defense focused area. Mm. And I don't believe it helped me improve as much as it could have done. Uh -huh. And I believed I missed out on a lot of things that the martial arts had to offer. Right. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm corrected course now, but this is one of the things I've loved about the participants here that they, they, they definitely have not done that. They, they are open and keen to learn all of it, you know, so that's, it's been really, really nice to see. Right. Um, I mean, something I think we both encourage people to do is try and avoid that kind of, uh, uh, you can have your favorite areas, but right. you don't have to live in that particular area. Right. There's lots of other, other things you right. can benefit from. And, and for me also, so karate in general is my favorite area. Mm. But then I will, for example, cross-train, mm. like let's say I take a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu mm. class. Not because I want to be good at BJJ, but because I want to be good at karate. My question is, what can I learn from that over <laughs> there and bring it back here? Yeah. So even though you do something that seems unrelated to karate, you can still try to bring it back to, again, rediscover something that might have been there all along. Mm. Well, I was like, Funakoshi, there's a, a bit in his, his book um, 
Kraido, My Way of Life, where he talks about how Azato and Itosu would suffer from no petty jealousy of, of, right. of, of other masters, he said, and they would send me out to learn from experts their individual techniques. Well, that, that, that's, what he's describing is effectively modern cross-training. Exactly. So if you want to learn groundwork, you go to a ground-fighting expert. Right. Uh, but, and, and, and then you, but you, like me, see, I've always, like, when I've done like boxing, kickboxing, judo, but I've always considered myself as a karateka that's exactly. journeying to this foreign land to see right. what I can bring back. So yeah. when other karate people see that, they might think that you're jumping ship. Yeah. Oh no, he's not loyal to his school <laughs> or style. But they don't understand that the reason you do that is because you want to improve your karate. Yeah. Not because you want to leave your karate. But you've seen that there's something out there that you could bring back. Well, for me, like if you use the judo as an example, when when uh, it was my one of my karate instructors said, you know, striking's great. He's got judo black belt too. Yeah. You you grappling could be better. Go judo. They'll give you things that the karate can't give you. Exactly. And and and, and then he did. But I remember doing uh, my uh, judo instructor. You know, so we've done some throwing in the karate. Yeah, I have kind of see it. I shoot, and he goes, yeah, it's okay, but it looks like 1950s judo. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, yeah. I thought, well, actually, it's older than that. But I get your point. Yeah. So because so, they're obviously continuing to develop and they're those mm. experts but I, I'm, I'm with you I think sometimes when you, you do that you're either uh, diluting the art polluting it right. or, or, or as you say or, or, or abandoning it and you, you definitely obviously like me don't, don't feel that way at all yeah. Yeah. but actually I believe that you know principles in general doesn't have to be martial arts related but just somebody else striving for mastery in anything it could be playing the violin mm. if you go and take a violin lesson you will learn about karate <laughs> if it's a good instructor yeah. I believe yeah, well, there's an example of that one. I once, um, this is one of the things I love about martial arts. It yeah. brings you into the company of uh, weird and wonderful people right. all the time, <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean that um, in a very loving way, but you get these really strange people, of which I yep. am one myself. Yep. But on this one occasion, I'd ended up, uh, it was the, the production company that used to do my uh, DVDs, made DVDs in all kinds of things. So there was okay. a gathering of all the people that they made uh -huh. DVDs for. Right. And one of the guys there, he's, he was a, a um, he held the world record for the fastest, uh, I think it was the number of cocktails mixed within 24 hours. <laughs> right. So I mean, this, this is a thing that have no, no relevance at all. Yeah. And at this particular event, he was going to give a demonstration of his skills. So was, for two hours, he was going to, People were going to shout out drinks. He was going to mix those drinks super mm -hmm. quick. So I start chatting with him, you know, because like you, it's just yeah. he's an expert in this, yeah. and this interests me, you know, yeah. experts in anything. So I'm asking him how, you know, how do you, you train? And he said, uh, he said, well, he said at home, he said, what I've got is I've got a rack set up, and I've got bottles, and obviously they're empty bottles because it gets expensive if not, and then family members will shout out drinks and I grab the bottles and I do it empty without the things and uh -huh. I'm thinking he's describing kata here exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so he's got this like, there's repetition yeah. you know, in order to develop this high level skill so so yeah this is a guy who mixes cocktails at world level records exactly and, and when I'm listening to how he trains I'm thinking these things I can learn about this for how yeah. I train in the martial yeah, arts because yeah. I believe that the principles of mastery or learning are the same no matter what you mm. do and we as karate practitioners sometimes we love to think that karate is so special mm. and it's better than everything Everything else, but in fact, when you start to look outside of karate, you realize that we're all the same. Well, yeah. I think that, that for the, the do element as well, I think, you know, the character yeah. development, I think sometimes that karate and related martial arts have done a really good job of. Uh, recognizing that value and emphasizing that value yeah. but if you take up gymnastics or rock climbing or you know anything yeah. that's physically or mentally challenging you know you're going to get that reflected back to you too that's why so. i love to say that it's not what you do but how you do it yeah. and sometimes it feels like uh, as karate practitioners we we treat karate like a religion yeah. something that needs to be defended yeah. <laughs> especially if, if somebody does mma or something like that we feel a need to prove that it works in the cage on the street etc etc but 
uh, once you start, you know, uh, learning and, and looking outside of your style, you might come to find that that is not the case at all. No. So on on that then, so one of the I'm thinking of like traditional martial arts things where you know let's let's follow this line a bit yeah. further. So you know you think of like Masashi uh, refers to like the uh, the uh, carpentry and, and warfare being mm -hmm. familiar, and you know and I I can kind of get that. But you used a nice analogy yesterday when we were uh -huh. having the Q and A when you yeah. were talking about uh, calligraphy, right? Uh, yeah. And how calligraphy could be a lot more. But the idea of moving from set fixed things. So maybe we could share that with the listeners because exactly. I really like that. Yeah. yeah. So so there's this uh, idea of shuhari, right? Yeah. The three steps of progress or mastery in anything that yeah. you do. And the way I like to see it is like isolation, integration, improvisation. That's how I apply it in in my practice. But there's also another way to see it or conceptualize it, which is to learn the rules and then break the rules so you can make the rules, yeah. right? And I've written a lot about this, and it doesn't matter what you do, this is how you progress in anything. Mm. It goes from the, from the conscious to the subconscious to the superconscious, mm. if you want to look at a neurology-based perspective. Uh, or cooking, first you follow a recipe, mm. but then you can memorize the recipe so you don't have to read it anymore. Mm. And then the last stage is to start freestyling. You take out one ingredient, you put in another ingredient according to your own taste mm. and needs. And that's when it becomes, it goes from general to specific, from something that works for everybody to something that you like uh, in particular as an individual. And... Uh, what was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> the uh, calligraphy. Oh, the Go calligraphy, yeah. right. So this, of course, applies to calligraphy or the art of calligraphy, which is called shodo in Japanese. And when I lived in Okinawa, I studied this at university in my Japanese uh, language course. And so the way you start learning calligraphy is very... Uh, very precise and you have to draw each brush stroke in the exact right order from the exact direction and if there's any variation I mean the teacher comes and slaps you over the head <laughs> and says no that's wrong do it again and it has to be so exact and precise and there are thousands of these kanji these characters and this is a popular theory as to why the Japanese are so strict and precise in their mindset. Because they spend so many years learning the exact correct order of each and every kanji. Mm. Whether that is true or not, I don't know, but it's definitely reflected yeah. in their way of life, this seeking of perfection. But then as you start learning these things, it becomes more and more fluid, more and more uh, tailored to your unique way of writing. So when you see a master of calligraphy... Uh, drawing a brush stroke, it's not five different strokes anymore, it's just one continuous mm. motion, which is again how a karate technique would be looking, or a kata for example, when you see, when you compare a master to a beginner, instead of step by step, it's just one continuous dynamic movement, mm. even though you can break it up into several distinct steps as a beginner. But this gradual process of mastery, I believe, is the act of or the concept of shuhari. Yeah, yeah no, I, I yeah. love that analogy. That yeah. that that really worked for me. The mm. cooking one's one that works for me as yeah. well. Not that I especially I'm, since we love food, right? Yeah, well, that's, yeah, I love food. I can't cook though, right? <laughs> so that's, it's, yeah, I'm not a good cook at all. But and then again, it's like anything else. If you can't do it, you're always amazed by people who can. Yeah. So, but I remember watching there was a a, 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 a cooking show in the UK, and the the guy who was presenting it said that about recipes. He says the aim uh -huh. of the recipe is to get beyond the recipe. Right. And as soon as he said it, I thought, well. That that I recognize that has been the same. So the as point kata. that you said is to go beyond the recipe, yeah. and that's the literal meaning of the last step, ri, yeah. shuhari. But so many people get stuck with that recipe, yeah. and they're so afraid of letting go of that recipe because the recipe is comfort. 
That's the comfort zone, right? Yeah. But as we all know, nothing ever grows in the comfort zone. Yeah. If you can't let go of the harbor, then the ship cannot set sail, yeah. right? So that leap, leap of faith in many yeah. ways, is I think one of the most important and scary parts of any kind of learning environment yeah, or yeah. progress. Yeah. I, 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 but someone who doesn't know how to cook, if, yeah. if, if I just walk in, I'll just throw this in and I'll, <laughs> I'll boil it for a bit and then I'll fry it and see if it turns. You know, it's got to be horrific. It's a mess. Yeah, so, so I understand in the early stages, is yeah, I need that recipe. You mm -hmm. need to tell me what to do to give yeah. me an example to move on from. I think that, again, that's a good analogy for Kata. We, 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 yeah. we were chatting about that this morning, that it's not... Um, it, it, you know, as we were talking about the cat not being a specific set of instructions that you must do this. Mm. It's saying here's an illustration of the kind of things you can do. Yeah. And you so say you use that as a jumping off point. Yeah. So, so in many ways free. it is like a recipe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, absolutely. It, it gives the, the, the student an, an example from which to grow from. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, I, I, um, I really like that. This, and I just, I have to mention in passing, there's um, uh, a friend of mine called uh, Gretchen Carlson who's in the US. She's, mm -hmm. she's got a, a podcast called uh, um, uh, Marshall uh, Journeys and in that podcast she did an episode on Shu Hari where she talked to musicians and artists and got their really? perspective of it yeah it was yeah. really good so it just so happens we ended up talking about very similar things there as well but the uh. same thing she's looking at that concept mm. but from the point of view of, 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 of learning and, and, and mastering no matter it is what, what you do you see so I think that yeah. it's really useful for people I think and I love to kind of uh, connect these different types of philosophical concepts to karate as, as a journey or path Pathway, not just for learning self-defense, but also for learning, you know, how to perfect yourself as a human being mm. beyond the martial arts sphere. Well, and that's the, the, one of the models for my, because I mean, different people obviously train for different reasons and they yeah. have different objectives. So some people train, I, I, I want to be an Olympic gold medal junior mm. player, and that's their objective and wonderful, for, for, you know, whatever it is. But mine, for any worthwhile martial approach for me I, in my own training, I say it's, yeah. it's got to have these two strands. It must have these two strands. If it doesn't have them both, I'm not interested. Yeah. And, 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 and it, 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 I say it has to be life-preserving and life-enhancing. Mm. So the life-preserving means the self-defense side of it has to be covered, but it also keeps me fit and healthy, you know, yeah. mentally and physically strong as well. That's part of okay. life-preserving. And the other thing is, I say, it has to be life-enhancing because the sit my students, you know, if you, if you hate every second of your life, who wants to live to be 100, right? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So, so you don't want to have a long, miserable life. You want to have yeah. a long, good life. Mm. So I... I um, I, I, I like this idea that we can uh, use the martial arts to get both of those things. Yeah. You know? So it sounds to me like that's kind of the crossroads of karate do and jutsu. Exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah Self-protection yeah. and self-perfection. Yeah. Kind yeah. of trying to get to the top of the mountain from two simultaneous pathways. And, 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 and again, exactly. I, so I, I see those two things as being complementary. It's all mm. the two sides of the same coin thing. Right. But, but, but again, it, which goes back to our early point, there's so many people, I think, who, like, is it jitsu or dao? And yeah. I think, well, it can be both. Yeah. You know what I mean? It can but be both. I, somehow, it feels like it's important to start with one. Mm. But if you try to start with both at the same time, I, I find it might be too overwhelming at first. Mm. So, for example, you want to start learning karate as purely a self-defense-based martial art. And then you can gradually get into the character development aspects and the philo philosophy and mindset and all of that. Mm. Or you could start from a more budo uh, based perspective, use it as a way of training your spirit and your physique and your technique, and then gradually start exploring the practical aspects. Mm. But somehow, if you start in the middle, I think it might be difficult. 
Yeah, no, I think it's the, t- the two are very much interrelated. So you're right, yeah. you've got to because I always think um, like lessons that you learn. So, for example, for the self protection side of things, you know, it does require a good bit of self awareness. Mm. So, if I know I'm a hothead or certain things trigger me, that can be very problematic self defense wise. Exactly. So, I, I, I need to learn emotional control, I need to learn how to interact with other people. This is all mm. part of self defense, yeah, but it also becomes part of the, the self development. That's interesting because so some people might see that as the opposite of what you're doing but it actually supplements or complements what you're doing, the mm-hmm. door aspect, the character development. Once you get to know yourself, your self-defense-based practice becomes better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't take away from it. It actually adds to it. So yeah. you're combining the both paths. Well, I think, you know, you, sometimes you know, I'll hear people say, you know, like I've had, you know, I mean, if you work in the security industry, you're going to get lots of violence, right? Yeah. So bouncers, dorm, police officers. Yeah. But it always amazes me when you get everyday members of the public who say, you know, I've had 500 fights. I say, well, what, firstly, there's a lifestyle or personality issue yeah. there. If 500 odd people have wanted to punch your lights out yeah. <laughs> there's probably some personality issue that's there that's not impressive to, to me no no, no borderline insane or sad yeah yeah, yeah. well and, 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 I, 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 I yeah no, I, I, I agree with you I mean some people you get the good people who can be in the wrong place at the sure. wrong time yeah. but if, if there's, there's a repeated pattern of behaviour there yeah. that would suggest that there is, there's some do element <laughs> right. that would be more useful to them than yeah. well I've learned to block well maybe, maybe learn to not be the kind of person people want to hit <laughs> or, or maybe have a more positive lifestyle where you're not around yeah. places where violence keeps off so again that's another way which I think uh, the two uh, elements kind of combine mm. together yeah. um, rather than as you say making that, 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 that strong decision that I have to belong to one camp or the other camp as yeah. you say I, th- I think you're right I think it's yeah. good to have this is where I'm setting up base camp if you like this is where mm. I'm going to journey from exactly. but the two ultimately start intertwining and twisting I think they, they do get more and more difficult to separate the, the longer you go I think exactly and why is that because again if we use this mountain metaphor when you're standing at the bottom of the mountain the different paths to the top look very distant from each other. Mm. But what happens the higher you climb, they <laughs> converge, right? They come more and more together. And at the top, there's only one moon to be seen for those who achieve the summit, right? Yeah. So the more advanced you get, no matter what kind of karate you do, the more you start realizing that we have more in common than we think, mm. no matter what kind of karate we do. Yeah, well, it takes us right back to the, the, the same point. I mean, there's, there's, I, I, I haven't seen anything done this weekend or haven't had anything said or done that doesn't apply to the whole of karate and every single element of it can right. benefit from every single thing that we've seen. Exactly. You know what I mean? So I, th- I think it's nice to always contextualize it and be mm. aware of what you're doing at any given moment. Mm. But but ultimately, I think, yeah, you know, if you, you do something because it improves your health, mm. well, that improves the life-preserving side of things, you know what yeah. I mean? And, and and if you're going to function at a high level in a, like a combat sport, like yeah. Oliver's been talking about and Bill's been working about, mm. then, then you, you, you need to be able to co- overcome fear, you need exactly. to be able to control your emotions, you know. Yeah. So all those those things, again, kind of tie together nicely. So, mm. I, yeah, I think that's... Um, and that's when it becomes like uh, Ken Wamabuni said, a lifetime study. Mm. And that's what I... Uh, what, what, what my own goal is. I want to be able to do this until I am... I don't know, 80, 90, I have no idea how old I'm going to be, but I want to be able to do it all the way to the end. And, and for me, that's one of the things that I think karate has built into it really uh, that other martial arts do have maybe not to the same degree mm. because it's quite common for yeah. you've got six-year-old karateka and right. you've got eight-year-old karateka yeah you can't say that of, of uh, like you know you can't point to like maybe judo players or boxers or things yeah. like that you know yeah. it, it tends to 
um, you don't normally get the same age ranges all in the dojo, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think the karate yeah. has built into it. Now, the karate that the children do is different from what teenagers do. It's exactly. different from 20-somethings do. And I have, the, I have this idea that I've, it's not fully formed in my mind, but mm. I think as you go through those life stages, there's different things that become more important to you. Right. And then so the children probably, you know, having fun, Growing in confidence, keeping mm. themselves fit and healthy. That's the kind of karate that's good for them. Yeah. Teenagers, 20 somethings, they want to prove themselves. Yeah. They want to get out, you know, they sort of want to compete. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's it. Which, uh, you know, prove themselves to themselves and within the peer group. Yep. So I get that. And then yep. you move into your 30s and 40s and you think, well, that's gone, but I've got a family now and, and things. So you, things about the self protection element exactly. becomes more important. There's yep. things you want to protect. And your children, yeah. Yeah, exactly. As, I, as I'm getting older, you know, as I'm approaching 50, my body's starting to creak and Doing certain things, yeah. so you think, okay, I need to. I, when I was in my twenties, my body was my enemy; it was a thing to be defeated. Right. You know, now it's a thing to be nurtured and cared for. Yeah. You know, so that element comes in, uh-huh. I, I, and I find that to be very fascinating. You know, yeah, no, that's, that's, yeah. that's the same thing. One of my instructors has this joke. He says he wants to die mid roundhouse. <laughs> <laughs> he says that's how he's got to get his entry to Valhalla, if you like. You like know a heart I mean? attack yeah. in a <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Die with a smile yeah, on my yeah, face. That's, that's, that's <laughs> it. That's how he wants to end. Yeah. So yeah, that was really interesting. So at the moment, talking about that as well, mm. is you you you've got the um, 2020 you know karate and the Olympics coming yeah. up here. Yeah. So you're preparing for that at the moment. Sure. So I was wondering um, if there's some insights that you've got. Obviously, I mean you're you're competing at you know the elite level. So yeah. most of the people listening to this will not be anywhere near your level when it comes to karate. Yeah. But I'm sure there's some of the things that you've learned mm. through your experience of preparing for that that mm. will help people improve their karate or their forms, make them more interesting, enjoyable. So I'm wondering if you've got any any insight into the, this high level training that would be applicable to others. Yeah, I mean, there's so much, and it, a lot of it is individual. Like, what do you need to make your kata better? Mm. But something that you might find interesting, since you're more specialized in the functional applications, is that I believe knowing the bunkai to a kata makes your kata performance even better. Mm. Because when you know the meaning of the movements, then you have a very different intent behind those techniques rather than just punching and kicking in thin air and hoping it looks good but now it actually feels good because you know what you're supposed to be doing with the moves or what you're trying to mimic basically even though you're just punching in thin air Mm. so it seems like a paradox but i think the form improves by knowing the function yeah just like the function improves (laughs) when you have a good form Yeah, yeah because there are some people also on the other hand who love just doing the functional applications and it looks like crap Mm -hmm. because they don't have the technique so they wouldn't even be able to apply the bunkai even though they know what the bunkai is they wouldn't be able to do it because they don't know the biomechanical principles of structural alignment power generation which all of that which technique is supposed to give you Mm -hmm. so the form and the function always have to be there yeah so that that, yeah i couldn't agree more because and um on that, I call it going bunkai daft, okay. which is mean is that they, 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 they just go, okay, I want to do realism stuff. Yeah. And, and as a result, what they do is they neglect their uh, the, the basics, they neglect the fundamentals, mm. they neglect the solo performance. And, and then they have an intellectual understanding of what they're supposed to do, yeah. but they don't have a body use that's capable of mm. doing it mm. because they haven't developed that, that, that level of, uh, of, of technique. No. So I think that's, I, I, that's uh, and to me as well, you know, that... Um, I, um, I don't see, and I know some do, but mm. I don't see. And I, I used to um, cut a judge. I was a tatami chief yeah. at national level, yeah. so I have a fair idea of what a good competition category should look mm. like. Um, but 
there was always you'll sometimes hear people say, "Oh yeah, yeah," but there's competition cutter, then there's real cutter. Mm. And to me, I, I don't necessarily see there be a massive disparity between those two there, mm. um, because the uh, good quality uh, motion. Mm. As you say, is, is is the motion that will become impl- applicable. So it, for me, if I pursue a function, I'll get the aesthetic by default. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It, it, so th- I, I don't see there's a, a massive mm. difference between the two. And sometimes you can improve the function by looking at the form mm. itself. Because wh- when you're in the middle of a heated fight, you're grappling, you're throwing people down, you might miss small details with because you're so focused on the opponent and not necessarily on yourself. Yeah. So how could I be moving better? Well, then you might have to remove the opponent and just look at yourself. How am I moving? And yeah, that's yeah. the form, right? Mm, yeah. And then you can improve, for example, some kind of a hip turn or the, the way you angle your, your foot or knee in a specific way. And then you bring that back into the two-person drill again. And suddenly you see your, improve, uh, your performance improving mm. by improving your form and thereby improving the function of it. Yeah, well, then that's that's my 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 four stage model. You know, the right. idea, you, you know, you've got to have the solar form, you have the bunkai. We, we look at the underlying principles, we get adapted in very, we gain mm. live experience. And the mistake I made, mm. so I'll take this opportunity to correct it on the podcast, okay. is I used the firm, and I've still done it a few times, where I, I call it stages. And I shouldn't have used the word stages. Uh-huh. I should have used the word for aspects of okay. kind of training. Because yeah. by stages, I've realised it's led to people to misunderstand that. I, right. And that, like, okay, you spend three years doing the solar form, and then you spend three years doing the bunkai. Yeah. No, and I'm saying no, all four of those need to be working together. So, like you say, I do it with a partner, and I realise mm. something's deficient here. Mm. You know, like th- this, this, this throw isn't working. He's not. I'm not breaking his balance. I'm not moving efficiently. Mm. So, part of that, as you say, I'll step back. Like golf, golfers do that. Right. Golfers, you know what I mean? I'll take. I'll take a step back. I'll look at my swing. Tennis players, I'll yeah. look at my serve. Yeah. So the same thing. The form gives you that chance to focus in on you mm. and how you're moving. And people, yeah. I think a lot of people, they only scratch the surface when it comes to the technical execution of mm. things. When I'm training with the national team or, uh, or other Olympic athletes who are striving to become the best they can be, there are layers upon layers upon layers in technique, within technique. You can go very granular and micro, but also zoom out and go macro mm. and then try to get, get a more complete picture of what you're supposed to be doing with your techniques. And a lot of people never experience that level to their techniques because they stop at a specific point and then they just try to start applying it and they find that more fun because in many ways it's easier to look outside of yourself than to go deeper within yourself because then you got to face your own limitations mm. and that's scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I told this story as well, so I'll repeat it for the point. I, I was at a f- uh, friend's club, um, and he was quite proud of how messy the training is. His club, you know, mm. it's, it's chaos. You know, it's you know, so it's, it's really realistic. And I'm I'm all for chaos. You know what yeah. I mean? But it, but there has to be some order, organized uh, chaos. Yeah, order within <laughs> the chaos. So so um, so I was watching his students do the stuff, and I says, you know, yeah, you're right. It is messy. I said, but this is just because it's bad. Yeah, it's not. It's not. It's, this isn't good martial arts. This is this is bad things drilled in a messy way. Yeah. So I use the phrase the right kind of ugly. So when you've got right. good technique within the chaos of conflict, because conflict yeah. is always chaotic that's when it really starts to work but there, there is a place for it I think sometimes you get the pendulum swinging a little mm-hmm. bit so people they've maybe done karate where they've spent uh, 90% of the training punching the air yeah. and then they want something practical and then baby right. gets thrown out with bath water yeah. and they forget about the value of the, the, the functional technique and, and the, the key on yeah. is vital to have that, that foundation we yeah. need the right shouldn't 
shouldn't look neat all the time because that's not realistic. Right. We shouldn't have the wrong kind of ugly, which is yeah. bad technique done badly. <laughs> but we should have his good technique done within realistic drills, exactly. and that's what I call the right kind of ugly. You know? Ex yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I agree completely. Yeah, and, and it's it's and okay, it's interesting that um, see I like that. So your your initial go to um, probably might be because it's me that you. We're talking to, but yeah. the, the importance of the bunker in ensuring the form. No, but I, that is so important because the minute I forget about the bunker, my technique is wrong. Yeah, yeah. And this tends to happen very easily because I get so caught up in doing the movements in, of the kata. So I'm just thinking about moving the arm there, moving the leg there, transferring my weight, and I forget what they're supposed to be doing, mm. right? What I'm supposed to be using that for. And if I forget that, then my kata gets worse. But when I remember, oh, this is actually a block I deflect and I elbow somebody in yeah. the face, then the body follows because it knows what it's supposed to achieve yeah. with the movements, and it naturally guides me in that direction. Well, when I was kata judging as well, that was one of the things that was made very clear to us, that if somebody does something that's unnecessarily flamboyant, mm. you know, like super low kick, super high thing, um, um, super super low stance, sorry, or really high kick, just yeah. for the sake of it, we were always to mark them down. You yeah. know what I mean? It was always to get marks for showing the quality of their understanding mm. of the bunkai, you know? Mm. And so, and again, sometimes I think that, that demarcation isn't as... as uh, as great as um, as everyone think it is, and again, of course, you know the bunkai gives you the datum, so you know what the movie is supposed to be. Exactly, so and you don't then, wander away but, from but that. But the the fun thing is, then you start moving your body correctly. Mm. That that can actually guide the form, mm. uh, rather than trying to just do the form and then hope it achieves some specific function when you apply it. Mm. So my my kata coach always reminds me of the bunkai, which mm. is almost like a paradox because we never practice the bunkai. Mm. I don't compete in bunkai. Mm. No referee is going to test my techniques. They're mm. not going to go ahead and, you know, uh, squeeze my lats or check <laughs> my hips or anything like that to see if there's any power generated. They're not going to go ahead and punch me or attack me. But when I keep those things in mind, the form improves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's lovely. I mean, there's a theme developing as we're talking here, this yeah. idea that there's all these various elements of practice yeah. in, on the macro and micro level as you said they all interrelate at, at yeah. some point so having good quality solo form mm. is is vitally important mm. uh, but to get that as you say yeah. you know the, an understanding of the bunkai can be really useful in that regard yeah 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 this is and, and again you'll sometimes get people who have this view that like um so I, I did a video on this i did a okay. youtube video called the fundamentals are fundamental <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? and it was a reminder to what i i see largely as, as, as my audience you mm. know the people who like that practical stuff that yeah they need to make sure mm. that they've got good quality key on and and, yeah. and capture and everything because they will have no function mm. if they can't generate impact if they can't yeah. you know, move correctly if they yeah. haven't got solid structure and, and alignment uh, and most of the guys who, who physically impress me have yeah. that down to a very high level yeah. you know what I mean? but i think people um misunderstand this term kihon they mm. think it's about walking up yeah, and yeah, down yeah. the dojo that has nothing to do with yeah. it kihon is how you do something mm. no matter what you do kihon is how and you got to have the how and the why so you got the form and the function. And if you don't know how, then you can't do it. Yeah. Even though you know why you're doing it or what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. Well, in my own dojo, again, when we do our kion, we'll do that in the lines, but we'll also do it against the partner. We'll exactly. also do it on the pads as a two-person exactly. drill. And I think all those different elements add something. So the pads give you a test of the force you're generating. Yep. The partner can tell you, yeah, I feel off balance. I don't feel off balance. Yeah. You know, and then, as we say, the solo training gives you the opportunity to do it in a way where you, you can then think of... 
without you need those external stressors to test the technique. Yeah. But then sometimes you need to remove those external stressors to improve the technique. Exactly. Yeah. So you, you can go within, as you say, and start thinking about how, how it works. Yeah. Know? And again, not being stuck in any one of those modes, but kind of you know going back and forth between them will help you get to the top of that mountain. Yeah. No, I agree. And I think I think um, any given form of training in isolation is deficient. Yeah. All of them. So if you do it solo, you have the advantage. Say so you can you can analyze yourself. You can also do it f uh, mentally. You can do it with full intent because you're not going to harm anybody. Yeah. So you can really, yeah. you know, whip and flow yourself into it. Yeah. With a partner, you get a feel of how it should work. And on mm. the pads, you get a test of impact. Mm. But the pads are not hitting people. And with the partner, you're pulling the blows. So, you know, but you do everything. You do exactly. all those elements. And yeah. it all fits together quite uh, quite nicely. Yeah. And that's why kata is so cool. Because it provides all of this. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is, I mean, I, I am one of these people who's quite um, utilitarian in everything yeah. I do. People, uh, I, I need things to prove their value to me in, yeah. in order for me to have interest in them. Yeah. So there has been certain forms of, of, of practice or all training methods that I have rejected yeah. in, in favor of ones I feel are better. Um, but Qatar is not one of them. You know yeah. what I mean? Qatar is one of those things that even with that... Uh, you know, when I went through that phase of it, 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 all I care about is things that will work in reality, kind of remained fundamental because it had proved its value mm. to me. Mm. And I get, you know, for some people that their experience of Qatar has not been a positive one and they've ended up rejecting it. Yeah. And, and that would be right for them to do, I think, if that's been their experience. But, but that doesn't mean... Um, we have the same experience. My experience of Qatar has been a wholly positive one. I think yeah. I've been lucky that way that I've had good teachers exactly. of Qatar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like when somebody says, like, oh, Qatar is useless, it wouldn't work, I just feel they just didn't have a good teacher. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's it. They, they don't understand it. Which, yeah. again, I, that, that's one of the things that I've, I've found when I have conversations with people. Um, so if someone can go, Qatar is useless, it won't mm. work. It, it's well what do you mean by kata because i can agree with you fully or disagree yeah. with you fully depending on what we mean by that word exactly and, and because that's defined by people's prior training yeah so so i know what kata means to me and you know what it means yeah. to you but the guy who said oh i imagine people throwing oizukis at me from 10 feet away and yeah. i never did anything functional with it and it was an imaginary fight against you know samurai on horseback and he right. goes well i reject that well i understand why he's rejected it you know so yeah. um yeah this has definitely been a common theme coming up in this this idea yeah. that you know <laughs> that everything kind of interrelates and, and twists and turns yeah. exactly yeah. and oliver of course you know that was t taking these the, the karate concepts into mma one of the yeah. things i found really interesting which we maybe touch on yeah. the, um just add that element in where he was saying that his aim was to be a, a karate fighter yeah you know in mma and that yeah. to prove the value for that and then one of the topics we were asked yesterday was, you know, things you would improve, and he talked yeah. about the grey areas. Exactly. You know, the, those, those bits where he felt that um, he wished he'd looked at those grey areas earlier, which I found fascinating. Yeah. So it's yeah. maybe like we were saying at the beginning, this idea of going to the experts in the, the groundwork and things and, and learning from, from those people. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, was it you or was it someone else who said that you shouldn't use a paintbrush to... Yeah, that was me, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. So yeah. you've got to use the right tool for the right job. Yeah. And karate wasn't designed for MMA. Yeah. So when my brother Oliver goes into this other realm, he can use certain aspects of his karate training, but others, there might be holes, there might yeah. be these gray areas, as you said, and so he needs to go learn those instead of thinking or, or hoping that karate will solve all his problems, yeah. because it's like using the brush to hammer yeah. in a nail. You need the hammer for the nail. Yeah. It's a different job. It is. Well, I had a conversation with uh, uh, Wim Demir not that long ago, and he was uh, saying, see, 
craftsman would acknowledge that in his toolkit, if we use Masashi yeah. to repair martial yeah. arts to carpentry, so this would fit. Uh, he said, you know, every single one of those tools, we acknowledge it's got a given function. Mm. He says, nobody picks one tool and says, this is the best tool ever, this is the only tool I'll ever use. Yeah, exactly. I, I use a hammer to put screws in, I use a hammer <laughs> to put paint on the walls. I use a, you know, they all acknowledge, well, for different things, I need different tools. Yeah. And the, the, the key, I think, is to make sure that you've got all of the tools you need for that what your state of That is one key. Another are. key, I believe, is your mindset aka humility to to admit to yourself that this tool doesn't do the job anymore yeah. for that particular thing i need to learn a new tool i need to expand my toolbox i might have to learn ground fighting from a ground fighting expert i might have to learn how to fight against a cage from a wrestler because none of that is present in my karate yeah, yeah. and if you lack that shoshin that beginner's mind then i think that's what's going to be holding you back yeah that's brilliant and, and, and again but there are which goes back to our early point there are some who would feel that by doing that you are um, again betraying karate but we right. said it to us you know i think what you're doing there is you are acknowledging that up to this point the karate as you've done it is lacking a given element so we, we talked about this for the self-defense element i think one of the things that uh, karate generally doesn't have is these uh like Ways of talking people down, mm. ways of communicating, knowledge of criminal behaviour. Yeah. You know, but you but you go out and get those. Exactly. You know, and then you bring it into your karate, yeah. and then you have this 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 complete set. Yeah. I always think it's an engineer's approach. I I, I like, the, like mm. what an engineer does is he always keeps his mind on the problem mm. and how do I solve the problem. I think yeah. what martial artists sometimes do is they go, I already have a solution to everything. Exactly. You know, so I will yeah. impose this solution onto any problem, irrespective of whether it's a good <laughs> fit or not. Yeah. yeah. So the, the, I don't know if you have you ever seen um, uh, read the book The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yes, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. So the, the hey, I'm a nerd. Yeah, well, I'm <laughs> <laughs> I had a feeling you might have done. Yeah, well, I love that book. You know, yeah. it's a funny book. But the the, the bit in that which. If, for those who haven't, the bit where they, they build a computer that's going to give them the answer to life, the universe, and everything, <laughs> and after billions of years, this computer's thinking, and they ask the computer, what's the answer? And it famously answers 42. And yeah. I always think, that's martial arts. Yeah. They haven't defined the question well enough, yeah. so they end up with a bad answer. Yeah, you know? exactly. So like you were saying, if you say, well, I'll take my traditional karate into an MMA background, it is obviously going to be deficient in, in, in some ways, because mm. it doesn't have those, those, those skills. And I think the word you mentioned there, questioning, or the art of questioning, somehow seems to be neglected because uh, let me give an example when I when I travel around the world and teach seminars at the end I always have a Q&A so mm -hmm. I want to hear if people have any questions and people are not good at asking questions mm -hmm. they are really good at wanting answers but they can't come up with the question to arrive at that mm -hmm. answer so this whole you know critical thinking aspect seems to have been uh, I don't know if it's due to social media and internet. It's so easy to get, just get all the answers right by your fingertips. Mm. But I believe that the art of questioning needs to be seriously considered by everyone who wants to be good at anything, not just karate. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a, that's a really valid point. And I, I think also, I think sometimes within the martial arts, that, that it's almost discouraged a little bit as well. Right. And, and it, quite in the early days, I can understand why. So if you've got a, a, a white belt who knows absolutely nothing and right. he's instantly asking advanced level questions. Why, why, well, why, why, why? Yeah, yeah, whoa, 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 slow down. <laughs> yeah. Let's just try and get your basic punch right first and then we can move on, you know. Yeah. So I understand in the early phrases, it's okay, let, just trust me in these early stages so mm. I can give you some skills and some experiences and some knowledge and then from that position you can start questioning and, and building from there exactly uh, but there definitely needs to be that critical thinking element which again mm. I think is, is sometimes sorely uh, sorely lacking uh, so, so what yeah. happens when I do for example a Q&A at the end of my seminars 
I say, all right, hit me with your questions. And, and nobody wants to ask a question. So what happens is I have to start asking questions. What are you guys struggling with? Mm. Is there anything you have, you're having problems with? Mm. How can I help you? i got to kind of unfold it. And then they start opening up mm. and figuring out what they're actually having trouble with. But then I am asking them a question. But it should be them asking me a question, yeah. right? But I don't know why it is like this, but may, maybe... Asking better questions and more questions and not being afraid of being judged for asking a question yeah. is one of the secrets to getting good. Yeah, well, yeah. I, 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 for with the way my mindset works, and sometimes I'm, I'm not asking questions challengingly, I just want to understand. Right, Yeah, because right. I find it difficult to do things unless I understand it to the nth yeah. degree. It's the way my brain works. If you give me one bit of information, yeah. I'll read five books on that topic within a week because <laughs> right. I, I need to know what. The, 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 Wait, the you're sounding like a nerd. No, this is me. This is me through and through. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, 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 yeah. I watch one documentary on something, and then I've listened to every audio book, and I've read all. Cause I, I need it's funny because I'm the exact same way. Yeah, yeah. I, I hear or learn about some kind of concept, I go straight to Wikipedia. <laughs> I look at the books, the YouTube videos, and I just want to dive deeper into that yeah. topic. Well, yeah. listen, we've quoted Masashi a few times, but Masashi talks about that. He studied the ways of all men. Yeah, you exactly. Know? So, so maybe going back yeah. to this point is that 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 desire. That mm. we, we seem to share wherever mm. we've got it from, but that desire to know fully why we're doing what we're doing mm, yeah. as, as, is a life skill that applies to all others, as well as, you know, we, we've chosen to go along the martial arts route, but exactly. you can apply that to anything. Yeah. yeah, and just going one step further, like digging a little bit deeper, not just being content with scratching the surface, but just trying to be brave enough to take one more step and admit that you don't know. Mm. The wonderful thing now is, as well, is if you're prepared to ask those questions, there's never been a better time to get those answers. Exactly. Yeah, you know, it, it, you know when I started, you had, um, if you were lucky, you could maybe find a couple of martial arts books in the library. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and then, you know, you had your instructor and, mm. that, and the magazines once mm. a month, if you could find them. Right. And that was it. But now, you know, with the, the power of the internet, whatever question someone's got, the, yeah. I guess the downside is that you get, you get inundated with answers. It's so you, almost the opposite. Information yeah. overload. Yeah. You can't find the signal in the noise. Yeah. So you need trustworthy sources, uh, such as yourself. Uh, yeah. And, and, that's, and that um, uh, critical thinking, I think, yeah. to be able to differentiate between what is a good source and a bad source, you know. Yeah, so, exactly. Um, yeah. I think that's probably enough to keep the listeners pretty happy, I would guess. Uh, I'm uh, pretty sure. <laughs> uh, so we're up to, yeah, that's, that's, that, that, that's perfect time. Unless there's any last uh, minute thoughts or anything you'd like Not to share. Not really, no. I really enjoy this. I had a good time. And thank you so much for attending and teaching at this uh, once-in-a-lifetime experience. <laughs> yeah, no, I've, I've really enjoyed it. And I'm very happy, I mean, just for those you know, listening who don't know this, we we decided to do this about half about an hour ago. Just yeah. we'll, we'll set the mic and we'll talk, yeah. and we didn't really have yeah. much of a plan. But but I think if we're going to draw a conclusion from what organically was the conversation, yeah. is this idea of not pigeonholing yourself, yeah. um, being mindful of where you are at any given moment when you're training, and acknowledging mm. that not that everything you do can benefit everything you do. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So if you have the right intent and mindset. Yeah, yeah. I think that seems like a good place to conclude I think that sounds like it. a really good summary. <laughs> Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Well, that was pretty cool, wasn't it? I really enjoyed that conversation. Thank you so much to Jesse for having the idea. So it was his idea to sit down and, and record that uh, that conversation for you. So I hope that you uh, you enjoyed it as much as I did. I, I enjoyed listening to it back as well when I was getting this ready for you because we recorded it a while ago. Uh, I listened to it through again and, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, the breadth of topics we covered 
within that conversation um, I really enjoyed and hopefully there's something in there that you can uh, take away and, and, and think about so massive thanks to you for listening uh, thank you for, to Jesse for having the idea and for sitting down and uh, with me so we could record that for you uh, thank you for your support of these podcasts and I'll be back with more very soon okay take care everyone speak soon bye bye <laughs>